What's good? What's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to another episode of The Real Spell. It's your host, D to the Z, Y R E, Desire, that's me. Y'all, we got a popping one. So I ain't even gonna uh, prolong the introduction. So y'all just stay tuned for an episode that's gonna raise some eyebrows, but it's gonna be beneficial in the end. So y'all stay tuned. Alright, so what is ageism? Ageism basically is stereotyping or discriminating against somebody specifically because of their age. So um what's happening in the church is I believe um we we talked about this often. I talk about this often. A lot of people are judging people based off of their age and there is kind of I don't want to say it's a gap but it's a ripple in the body of Christ where the older believers um, they're intimidated by the younger believers so a lot of times the older believers don't want to allow the younger believers to operate in their giftings or callings because of the spirit of intimidation and it reminds me of Saul and David and Saul was intimidated by David. He saw the oil of God on David's life. So he was intimidated by David and sought to kill David. And this is what's going on in the church today. It's sad. It saddens me because the Bible says that the older is supposed to teach the younger. But what happens when the older stop growing in God? What happens when the older is... um? They're preaching based off of cliches or stuff that grandma taught them or their mom taught them back in 1955. They're teaching solely on the word of God. Now, um, just to give some scriptural background, I talked about David and Saul, but also if you um, you look at um, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, he um, he was more nervous about the fact that he was only he was approximately 17. You know, I wasn't back there that during that time. So I couldn't say, yo, Jeremiah, how old you is? I couldn't do that. But um, <laughs> Jeremiah was approximately 17 years old when he was called by God. And he was afraid because he was young. Like all of these other mighty men of God, all these other prophets, they were older. But he was 17. He was about 17 years old. And he was he was afraid of being um being rejected and not being received which that end up happening a lot of times um god will use somebody because of their willingness to be used god does not choose people based off of their age their their time in the church how long they've been saved who their grandma is who their grandpa is who built the church who the deacon is who the god does not choose people based off of who is who but their willingness he chooses the individual based off of their willingness to be used and it's crazy because a lot of people they um a lot of older saints they they look at the younger generation and say the younger generation they just don't want to they just don't want to listen to us they just don't want to do right they just don't want to that's not true you're trying to you're trying to mold me and make me like you. Now we gotta remember in the nineteen fifties the entire world was different than what it is now. 
So you trying to make me um, form my my faith or or my personality or the way I dress based off of what you learned in 1950 that don't have anything to do with the word of God, but it has everything to do with the culture and the tradition. And even if you uh, check the scriptures or whatever, the I believe the Sadducees wanted to do things based off of the culture. And the Pharisees wanted to do things based off of stuck in culture and tradition, but they wasn't. Jesus came on the scene while they were they were debating on culture and tradition. Jesus came in on the scene and he kind of uh, wiped away with both of them. So here it is. They're 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 trying to make the young generation now. Oh, you doing praise and worship with jeans on? You going to hell? Like, back in 1950s, most of the women made their clothes. And they didn't, they didn't wear pants because that was, a, that was a man thing. That was what men wear. But I'm talking about the 1950s. You know? So my grandmother, she used to always talk about her first time wearing jeans. She was living in New York or whatever. Grown woman, she was already married twice. The first time she wore, she wore pants. She was uncomfortable. And somebody made a comment on the shape of her vajayjay. And she said she never wore pants again. Today, in 2022, everybody got on pants. Men, women, children, everybody got on pants. But back back in the 1950s, you didn't see women. If you saw a woman wearing a pair of pants, it was different. So here it is now, the older believers are trying to shape the younger believers to be who they were growing up. But it's a different time. Now, my thing is, if you could show me in the word of God and rightly divide the word of God. um, I know uh, somebody had mentioned the scripture that says, um, and I don't even know if it's found in the Bible because I asked them. They mentioned the scripture um, that women aren't supposed to wear anything pertaining to a man. And um, I asked them to show me where it is. I don't remember them ever showing me. And the thing is, it might it might even say something because there's another scripture that I know is in the Bible, and it talks about the head covering. So um, they talk about women are supposed to have a head covering. So what they were doing in the churches, they were making women um, wear something on their head, whether it's a hat, prayer scarf, or tissue with a hairpin in it. Yeah, they did that to me. They made me wear a tissue with a hairpin in it. Uh, if I wanted to sing on the choir, I had to wear something on my head. But what happened was that 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 verse was um, it was misinterpreted because we have to remember back in the nineteen twenties, nineteen fifties, black people barely could read. They could barely read because remember, let's go further, further than the 1920s. Let's, let's go back to the 1800s when black people were still enslaved. It was illegal for black people to read. And this is how, um, as time, the, um, the Jim Crow laws and then the laws, um, with the, they used to test black people before allowing them to vote or whatever. And they had to, uh, test their literacy because a lot of black people could not read. So what was happening is somebody who can read will read the scripture and interpret it the way that they interpret it. 
then they'll pass it to the next one. And it will go on from generation to generation, but nobody will really search the source. No, Nobody will really go back to the source. And now you have like a lot of older believers, instead of them going to the source, checking for themselves, like, okay, my grandma taught me this. My grandma had a third grade education. So um, I'm not sure if she like rightly divided the word or I'm not sure if she like actually read it herself. Because there was a lot of things my grandmother used to tell me that was in the Bible that when I searched for myself, I was like, Granny, that, that's not what the Bible says. Me and her had a um, a discussion about tattoos and piercings. And in Leviticus, it talks about how um, uh, the not to tattoo any marks or cut yourself in mourn of the dead. It talks about um, that scripture in Leviticus. And like I was reading that, that scripture, and me and her was talking about it. And she was like, see, it says don't tattoo any marks on your body. And I was like, yeah, but you're looking at just that part. You're not looking at the verses before or the verses after. And the people who take Leviticus and they, they say, okay, I'm not, um, it's a sin to get tattoos, but they sit down and they eat shrimp and lobster. Well, in Leviticus, that same book of the Bible, it tells you not to eat shrimp and lobster. So you over here eating your shrimp while claiming me for having tattoos. But the reason why God told the Israelites not to do that is because they were in a new land and the people in that land were cutting themselves and tattooing marks as a paganistic ritual. When somebody died, there were tattoo marks on their body. So now if I was to go, like my mom passed um, last year, I was to go and say, Mommy, I love you, and then go on... uh, in honor of my mom, I'll go and tattoo something on me. Then somebody might be like, all right, Shanika, you're kind of doing what the pagans did, you know? But if I get 116 ta- tattooed on my hand, you know, or I get asked me about Jesus tattooed on my arm, is that the, is that the same thing as tattooing marks on my body in one of the dead? No, it's not. You know, so sometimes they, they take scriptures out of context out of context, and then condemn people based off of their own personal beliefs. Now, when it comes to ageism, when it comes to ageism, a lot of times the older believers feel, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to reverse it too, the older believers feel that because they are old, they're wiser. They believe because they are old, they're wiser. Now, this is if I was to say this anywhere other than my own podcast, I know I'm going to get backlash from it. I know I am, especially where I live, where everybody in the church is AARP recipients. I know they're going to come for me. But the reality is wisdom is applied knowledge. How much of your knowledge that you have, have you been applying like how wisdom is applied or applicable knowledge is when you know something and you apply it and make it work. That's wisdom. The Bible also talk, talks about wisdom when it comes to um, winning souls. The Bible says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that wins souls is what wise and the older generation don't know how to reach this new generation. They don't know how to reach. And I'm not saying all 
I'm not saying all because um, the prophetess, she is amazing with young people. I mean, amazing. I, I love it. I love it. But a lot of them, a lot of them don't know how to reach this generation because this generation is a smart generation. Some of my favorite preachers and, and, and um, prophets and pastors and stuff, they're all younger than me. And I, I'm learning so much from, like, listening to them speak. Pastor Mike McClure, that is my virtual pastor. I love Pastor Mike. That is, my, that is Rock City all day. I love Rock City. Pastor Mike is, I think, a year younger than me. But I learned so much from his ministry. I get so much. There's another um, young lady. I, she used to sing, um, do praise and worship at my church in Jersey. And um, like I, I, I be reading her posts and I be listening to her speak and I get so much from her. But I'm older than her. I got her by maybe almost 10 years. At least 10 years. I think when I met her, she might have been 21. I think she was 21 when I met her, and that was a long time ago. So, so these these people are younger than me. So the older saints have to realize that age really. Aaliyah had that song, "Age ain't nothing but a number." Age really is nothing but a number because it's what you do. With your time now. See the thing about God. God stands on the outside of time. God. God. The thing is time is confined. In the world that we're in. When the sun goes up. And sun goes down. That's one day. And then you got the next day. Sun up. Sun down. That's another day. But God is on the outside. Of time. So God can you choose to use a 14-year-old. I remember the first time I heard Jacqueline Carr preach. She was, I think she was 12. But she was preaching like she was preaching for 30 years. So God used this 12-year-old girl to deliver a message to touch so many lives. So many lives. And I'm pretty sure that like, this little girl better sit her butt down. Let some grown people take the mic. So we have to get beyond this thing about age. And then even with the, um, it, it works vice versa too when it comes to ageism. Sometimes we'd be like, oh, they too old. They need to sit down. The younger generation would be like, all right, enough of this. Like, y'all, y'all too old. And there is stuff that we can learn from the older generation. I'm not saying that we can't learn anything from the older situa- um, older generation. But the thing is, it's the, it's the, the presentation. Prophetess is older than me, but I, get, I learned so much from her. I learned so much. Uh, Pastor, Pastor Sonia, one year, she's only one year older than me, but still older. I get so much from her. Even my Aunt Betty. I learned so much from her. But the thing is, we have to we have to come to the realization that age is really nothing but a number. God uses those who make themselves available to be used. Check your availability. 
If you're too busy, if God called you the pastor, but you're too busy to pastor, God's going to say, all right, you know what? You got too much going on. I got, I got to raise somebody else up. God will raise somebody else up because you're not available. God needs our availability to, to work. I thank God for what he's doing in my life. You know, and I, I I just thank God. I thank God for using me. I thank God for the people who make make time and they make room for Jesus. Because those are the people that God uses. And God uses them mightily. I know some people that could be recording music and they could be in the secular genre and make, I mean, making money, money. But they said, nah, I'm going to do what God told me to do. They made themselves available. So when it comes to ageism, we have to stop looking at the age of the person. There's this young girl um, on on the 12 noon prayer line that, I mean, she is, for me, she is a blessing. Like when I hear her pray or, you know, like she, she knows God's word. Like she's a gangster with it. When it comes to God's word, like gangster for real. So, a lot of times, like I, I would watch her, and I, I watch a lot of people. She's not the only person I watch. I watch a lot of people, and um, but I'm truly impressed by her love for God and God's people. She's she's a young girl. I don't know how old she is, but she's a real young girl. But her passion for Christ, it it it, it pushes me to want to do more. So sometimes God was seeing young people in the midst just to push the older people to do more. And I'm going to keep it G. Sometimes it is time to retire. If you can't see no more, why you still want? I've been reading the scripture for 50 years. So I'm going to keep reading the scripture, but you can't see anymore. You got the whole, the whole Bible to your face because you can't see. The whole Bible to your face. Well, God grant me another day, so I'm gonna keep going. You like my my birthing birthing count it all, boy. When you tall into. Diverse temptation. You gonna mess up the whole verse because you can't see. You know you tired all the time, but you still wanna like try to deliver the word, but you're tired. Now sometimes God will the thing is I believe that God will use you until he can't use you no more. But sometimes God's like, all right, you, you did good. Like, you could rest now. You could chill now. But because of ego and pride, we, we keep going. You get up to give a message, and you forgot your whole topic. I had the topic. I don't know what I did with my notes. And the congregation waiting for a word. Turn, turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. Oh. That's not what I was going to preach, but I forgot my notebook at home. 
Now we over here trying to like, oh Lord, what's he gonna say? Everybody turn to Psalms 23. Again, you can't see because you, you blind. Like, uh, Psalms, Psalms 23. Ah, uh, y'all. Turn to Psalms, Psalms 23. Um, it reads, I don't know if this is the right, the right verse. Uh, um, um, hold on one second. I, I need somebody to read. No, I, I could do it. I could see. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift my soul, up my soul. Oh my God, I trust in thee. Like, bro, you said Psalm 23. What are you reading? Sometimes it's okay. It's okay to even ask somebody else. Like, look, I can't see no more. Can you read the scripture? I could preach. Just read the scripture. I'll tell you what scripture it is. I'll tell you what story to read. Just, 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 just do it. Because sometimes God will send people to even undergird you. Because even with Moses, Moses was, he was at, he was up there in age and they were fighting the battle. His arms was getting tired. So I think it was Joshua and Aaron or, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to say the wrong people. But two people had to hold up Moses' arms because he was too, too tired. God will send people to hold you up, to undergird you in your ministry. But you have to let, you have to put down your pride. Let them do the work. They're hungry. This generation that God is raising up is hungry for God. Half of them, most of them that I know, they don't even care if you give them position or not. They don't even care. Like, just, all right, that's cool. Let me sing on the choir. I can sing on the choir. That's fine. Let me, let me, let me be an usher. Can I be an usher? I don't know too many people that volunteered to clean the bathrooms, but there's some young people like, I could, no pastor, you don't clean the bathroom. I'll clean the bathroom. You chill. You just preach. What, what are you doing cleaning? Sit down, pastor. I got it. So God is sending a group of people that is hungry for him. We got, we have to get to the point where we can uh, put our pride to the side, put our ego to the side, and allow God to use them. Too many, I'm, I'm going to say it, y'all can hit me up later. It's not like I'm going to respond. Or if I do respond, y'all ain't going to like to respond. But too many older people are trying to do the job of the Holy Ghost. God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Why are you trying to tell me how how how, how um, to deliver the word? Now, if I, if I um, say something wrong, yes, correct me. But, you know, what you need to do when you deliver the word, you need to give more background. You know, you, you give a little bit of background, but you need to give, like, the history of it and the etymology of it. And, and, and this, there's numerology in that verse. You should have broken down, like, what the number 40 meant and what the number 7 meant. You should have broke that down a little bit so that the people... I gave it to them the way God gave it to me. So why are you telling me how God gave it to you? If God gave it to you, you preach it. Listen, the thing is, I love, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to leave it alone. 
I appreciate my mother. My mother, um, my mother could possibly be one of the most humble gangsters <laughs> ever. Boy, I miss her. But she, um, she used to always, she used to always say, listen, it's a different time. It's a different era. Us old people got to take a back seat and let the young people drive. And if they get out of line, we can help them get back in line. But we need to take the back seat because there's some things that, my, this is what my mother used to say, there's some things that we don't know or we're not going to understand. There's some things that we're not going to know how to do. It's not the same time as it was when uh, when we were kids and when we were growing up. It's a different time. Let the young people do it. My mother used to always say that. And um, at the time, I I used to laugh because she would name specific people or whatever. Said, we old. Let the young people do it. But now I see that it is crucial that we know our time, our season, and our place. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I I don't think that was too bad. I don't think I'm gonna get in too much trouble. Yeah, I don't, I think I'm okay. If I do get in a lot of trouble, I'ma let y'all know. But I think I'm gonna do another um, episode today. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna do another episode today. So y'all get two episodes in one day. Today is Thursday or Friday. Today is Friday. Yes, two episodes in one day. So, yeah, I'm going to give y'all another episode later, so y'all stay tuned.